The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And as many of you know, one of my most significant interests is in the children. And I'm delighted to welcome today Karen Good, who has recently published a book called Kids Who See Ghosts. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with Karen today on the show about this particular topic. So welcome to the show, Karen. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. First of all, I just want to talk about the title of the book, Kids Who See Ghosts, and what sort of response you've had to that title. (laughs) Well, from the people I interviewed and and other professionals or parents. Uh, You know, the reason I chose that title, Peter, is I, I really didn't give it much thought. I had started a blog for the book Raising Intuitive Children, and I happened to have a post on the A&E channel about kids, you know, the psychic kids who see ghosts. And it it must have been viral marketing because I got a lot of hits and a lot of interest, and a lot of parents started saying, my kid sees ghosts, and my kid sees ghosts. So I kind of took that title from all of the questions in the blog about kids who see ghosts. But uh, you'll note in the book, uh, I, I have to come back and say, you know, not everybody likes this term. For some people, it's derogative. For others, it's they understand it. Uh, more spiritual people use terms spirits and spirit walkers. So I've had some criticism from colleagues that thought it could have been less splashy. And in truth, the parents who read the book know exactly what I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, that was the intended audience. And, and uh, yeah, you know, there's been some suggestions from my friends that it could change. Yeah. And there's no doubt at all what the book is about. And it's, it's a really well-written book with tremendous support and help for uh, the, the kids and parents. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. So perhaps you could just begin by, by telling us a typical child seeing ghost scenario that you uh, ex- have experienced or, or have uh, had people report to you. Well, there's really two kinds of experiences that people have reported to me. One is the scary kind, and one is the kind of, oh, I think my kid sees something, and is it possible it could be uh, our grandmother or my aunt or, you know, our dead pet, that kind of thing. So the familiar uh, 
isn't scary to people because sometimes they get messages. Sometimes uh, the child does identify who it is or gives a name. So that's fun. You know, that's, that's actually uh, brings some peace to family members. But the scary scenario is mostly uh, children below 8 years old who feel a ghost in their room, see something move, see shadows, an apparition, and, you know, it scares them out of their wits. Mostly it's at night. could be around uh, sleep issues that they have, like sleep apnea or a restless leg syndrome, or it could just be children who literally see into the other realm. And there, there's a lot of that right now. The veil seems very thin for these kids, and they don't know what to do with it. Why are these people staring at me? Who are they? Uh, I can't talk to them. What do they want? Am I supposed to help them? So the fear has to be calmed, but it's scary. So the, the first thing we should really talk about a little bit is, is what these ghosts or spirit walkers actually are in terms of, of obviously there are different um, energies or entities that we're talking about here which may be connected through family members and, and others. So give us an explanation of what they actually are. Or what you <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that uh, the consciousness, call it soul, call it spirit, call it spirit walkers, of our loved ones uh, do pass over into another plane of existence, another dimension. And my grandmother, for instance, who saw her husband at the foot of her bed, that's a typical scenario. It might be a one-time event for people who are grieving or under stress. But the kids who see somebody years later, you know, when the person's been gone a long time, that's a little different because that's a visit. You know, somebody in the family has come back, and it's about the emotional connection. So I believe those are our spirit walkers rather than people who walk in physical bodies. We've also had reports, like I'm sure you're aware of, of children who have imaginary friends that turn out to be an angel or that turn out to be a guide, a friend. I uh, got an email the other day from a, a mom who's... She wrote me last year when her child was two and was seeing things and pointing and talking to them. And we just, you know, we talked it off as it's probably normal. Just watch it, you know, keep me posted. So this year she said that he's traveling out of his body and comes back every morning to breakfast with another experience. His guide is Jack, and Jack takes him uh, riding on the clouds. Jack takes him flying above the house. Jack takes him uh, motorbiking, whatever that looks like. But, you know, every night he has a dream, and every night he has experienced something. So those kinds of children are truly connected to energy and consciousness that seems positive and helpful to them, and that, in a sense, is different than seeing a scary ghost or shadow figures, which could be images, and they could be... uh, beings someplace else. They could be energy impressions. For example, a young boy who goes camping uh, shares with me that he wakes up in the middle of the night and there's a Union soldier walking through his tent. And he swears he saw it, but he went back to sleep. So did he dream it? Did he see an impression of the energy there where intense emotional trauma took place? So What are we seeing? I think it can be a myriad of some of these things, which is why the book is written. You know, we have to ask questions about what it is and 
how the child's reacting and what their relationship to it is. So th- th- this is a really fascinating point. I'm really glad you've, you've mentioned these sort of one-off intense moments when a loved one has died and, and may appear uh, very close to their, their passing as opposed to something that's distant from the intense emotion, uh, which may, as you say, maybe a visit someone coming back to pass on some information. And then you mentioned the, the, the potential of a very emotional event where perhaps people died on the battlefield and uh, energy impressions emerging from there. So the, the scary experiences, uh, in, the, in your experience, um, are those uh, deliberate, intentional, conscious scariness, or is it just uh, the kids picking up this impression, this energy pattern that's in, that's in the matrix? I think it could be either, Peter. I think okay. it could be either. I tend to, to feel personally myself that children pick up more of the energy impressions, uh, intense moments in the matrix. But, you know, there are children who do see and define uh, images very similar to what Brad Steiger talks about in the book from his own childhood. Uh, in the beginning, you know, as a child, he was watching ghosts pass by. As he got older, you know, he decided in his youth that all of this was just intense energy impressions, you know, of, of the house that he lived in, which was an old stagecoach station out in the middle of nowhere. They lived on that land, and he and his sister went to bed every night and, and saw all these things. So when he gets older, you know, he decides these entities really are ghosts or spirits, and some are good and some are not good, and, you know, when he left a house that he was supposed to be clearing because he felt negative energy, uh, there was a giant boom and, and the basement door blew open, and he had just walked out of that door. So I think it has to be taken case by case. Yeah, absolutely. And so why is it that, that kids are having these experiences? Why are they seeing these ghosts? I categorize them, Peter, into three, well, let's just say two different areas. Okay, I think there are kids that have the gifts, and I'll use, uh, I'll use pubescence because I do get emails from tweens who tell me they're seeing into the other realm. They see different types of people. They see different types of clothes, but there's no contact. So it's like looking through a window in my world or in my definition. And how did that open for them, and why are they there? And Sonia Choquette mentioned in, in one conversation while interviewing her for this book that she believes younger children or tweens don't have any boundaries, that their energy is like water. So her question is, do these kids really step into their realm or does that whole realm step into their bedroom? You know, where do they meet? <laughs> the boundaries are gone. So... That's one level where people really do see and kids do have gifts and they have their power animals and their angels and their guides and they live that way. That's their life. And Karen, I want we'll just, parents- Karen, we'll just come up to our first break and it's it. a fascinating discussion and we'll return to talk more about the kids who see ghosts after this first break. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. As you know, the kids are very, very important to me, and I've just put out this week my September newsletter uh, in which I've uh, co-authored an article about the kids and how the current school system does not meet the needs of uh, many of these new multidimensional kids coming in in large waves and numbers. So please feel free to read that uh, 
newsletter, which you can subscribe to, or that you can just go to my website, petertongue.com, to uh, read the newsletter with the main article on kids returning back to school. And we're talking about kids today with Karen Good, who's written an outstanding book called Kids Who See Ghosts. And Karen, before the break, you were talking about uh, the children that experience the ghostly realms through just observing uh, as if looking through a window. And you said there was a second category of experience. Well, I think the second category of experience that I wanted to share with parents is sometimes stress-induced images. And let's say I've been in in chronic stress, or an example might be a 13-year-old who called me to talk about shadows that she was seeing, and she assumed they were ghosts and assumed that they were following her you know, from school to home and back again, and she was getting concerned herself. And it turns out that her uh, uncle had died, the family was very close, and everyone was grieving, and then they lost someone else in the family. So we're grieving, we have stress, the adrenals are pumping cortisol to the, you know, stress hormones to the temporal lobe. So the body begins to try to deal with this. So what I helped her do when this doorway opened in her mind to see shadows was to shift her focus in a different way and learn to close the door. It took her about three days, but she did it, they're gone, and she's fine. So what we don't know is that's images in her brain compensating for stress, or is that a doorway opened for her and shadows were all that she saw. I can't answer that. All I know is it affected her. She didn't want the relationship with that image, and she refocused herself and her mind. So uh, stress-induced events, I think, need to be looked at like my grandmother's, uh, seeing her husband after a time that was lonely. And a lot of people, according to Harris Polls, have that one-time event. And I think those stress-induced events, uh, I don't put any... I don't put them down any more than I do children who see gifts and guides and angels because all of these events are still subjective internal events that cause us to see something or feel something or hear something. And if we have that nervous system, then it's going to happen to us. It's not something we turn off in our life. It's something we adapt to over time. And, and the key thing here is, Karen, is, is acknowledging and accepting each person's own reality as a result of the experiences they've had. That's exactly it, and that's what I ask parents to do in this book. If you don't believe in ghosts, if you don't even believe in an afterlife or another realm, would you at least believe your kid? Find out what that internal experience is about because it has meaning to them. It's an emotional message. It's a mental message. And so believe your kid and and ask questions, find out, have fun. <laughs> exactly. And I did want to ask you that question about about the connection, uh, genetic connection in terms of is this uh, an inherited ability in some cases? Obviously, I can't prove the genetic connection, but it was a question that I did ask 25 people who I interviewed for this book. I think we ended up using 17 of the interviews. Not a huge number <laughs> by any means. But every single person said yes, that they uh, felt like they came in that way, were born that way, 
were that way from the time they were toddlers, and they can tell me that it was their grandmother or their aunt or their uh, mom or dad who also had the gift. The difference between generations, however, is that the people I interviewed grew up with it, were scared of it sometimes, uh, but they were supported by their families, and they learned to live with it as adults, make a living, and that's another thing that I'd like parents to know. Even if they think their kids are weird, you know, guess what? We're here, we have these uh, talents, and we do grow up to be okay and, and offer our services in some way, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'd love to hear um, about some of your own personal experiences because I know I, I didn't know when I started the book where you fitted in as a researcher or, or someone who'd actually experienced this as a child. So would you mind telling us a little bit about your own experiences? Not a problem. I did have experience as a child, and in my world it was perfectly normal to see saints. I remember seeing St. Teresa. I remember seeing Padre Pio but not as a child. I remembered seeing him because this monk with a bald head, um, I remember seeing him as a child. I don't remember our conversation, but I remember that it was a very peaceful feeling, and I liked him, and I wanted him to come back. Didn't know who it was, didn't think any more of it, because you outgrow that, right? You think it's all related to your church and your praying and your culture. Yet when I was... Uh, Heading to college, I had come down from college to spend the weekend with my parents. They'd moved into a new home, and Mother had opened on the uh, kitchen cabinet the Catholic newspaper. And Padre Pio's uh, picture was there, and he had died. And, of course, the Catholic Church was uh, announcing the death and announcing the search for his uh research, if you will, to make him a saint and go through that process of canonization. And that was exactly who I saw. In fact, I was so surprised I mentioned it to my mother. And uh, so that's one experience. I also saw scary things as a child, you know, spiders out of the closet. And I attribute a lot of that to uh, sleeping difficulties. My father was a chronic smoker. I had chronic asthma um, and chronic allergies. So my sisters never had any of those experiences, but at the time I was growing up, I did. So I can chalk off childhood, if you want to, to culture, to religion, to health issues. But as an adult, my husband and I have had two experiences, one after a truck accident in which a person was killed, and another at an airport in which a preacher apparently had a heart attack and fell down in front of us. Both of those instances, I saw the spirit or the soul of that person rise up. They were conscious, they were clear, and they saw that I saw them. And uh, the person, the young man who died in the, in the truck accident where the truck turned over, I jumped out of the car. We were the first at the scene, Peter, and I ran out to see if I could grab the blanket that was on the the highway, thinking that I didn't see any bodies, they must have wandered off. Well, that blanket was a body, and the brain was, was cracked open, and uh, you could see things. But that spirit rose up, and he was angry, and he realized he, he was dead. I could see the recognition in his eyes. He looked in his human form. He didn't have a lot of color. But I backed away from him as a 
another car pulled up and called the police on their car cell phone. So that was one event. The second event where the preacher died in front of us, we were on our way to a plane. When the preacher's uh, spirit rose up and he saw us, he actually said to me, I can't go anywhere. I'm going to stay here. And in our conversation, which was very telepathic, he said that he was a preacher and he was afraid of going to hell because he didn't think he was a good man. So we waited and we asked him to call someone to help him. And eventually uh, his soul went on because he said his brother came and he was ready to go. And that's all I know. But those were definite events witnessed by my husband and myself. And, you know, it's it's a once-in-a-freaky-time event. But I did have them, and I did see them. So it, I can't brush that off. It's real to me. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and there are many stories around the near-death experience of, of people who've gone into that place and, and, and are petrified of that judgment day, particularly from a, as you said before, a religious or cultural belief system, which makes it very challenging in that moment. Very much so. And I'm wondering, you know, what would the man have done in the time that his soul rose up and he saw me walking towards him when he fell down, his wife hadn't even registered, you know, that he wasn't behind her. And she had to turn around and go back and get help. So it was all in a split second. Yeah, wow. uh, Just as you were talking about this, I'm just thinking about some of the uh, popular shows on TV these days, like Ghost Whisperer and and Medium and those types of shows. What's your feeling about those shows and and how they're involved in in this and and the kids who see ghosts? My feeling about the shows are that we're in a period where all of this media hype and these shows are opening the consciousness to these ideas. In truth, I was actually comparing it to the time in the 80s when the E.T. phenomena hit the media, hit the books. Whitley Strieber's uh, book, Communion, sold how many copies? Several million around the globe. You know, that phased out, didn't it? But we're still lift with people who are having... uh, experiences, who want hypnosis, who are having abductions or healings. So the ET phenomenon is still there, but it's kind of off my radar now. Right. Karen, we're coming up to our second break, so I'll just hold there and we'll return with Karen Good after the break. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See? There you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. 
Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. walk our true spiritual path at a time when the western world is fixated on material gain more people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life there is another way four years ago peter tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life he now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges peter offers corporate workshops and seminars public meditations radio interviews healing sessions and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm the awakening to conscious co-creation visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation cds you can also download the meditation cds as mp3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go these are available now at petertongue.com listening on a higher dimension seventh wave network Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. And I just wanted to express my gratitude to uh, four business associates of Omega Global who are sponsoring this 13-week series of shows. Omega Global uses zero-point energy to return the body to homeostasis. In other words, we're into harmony and balance when real healing can take place. And my guest on next week's show will be Sam Adams, and he will be talking about this zero-point energy technology and the Omega Global products. Uh, he'll be joining me on next week's show so you can find out all about this very interesting new development as far as supporting each of us in our journey towards balance and harmony. I have with me today Karen Good who is uh, leading a fascinating discussion on kids who see ghosts. And just before the break, Karen, we were talking about the role of popular media and I had to cut you off for the break so just return to that uh, for a moment about the impact of popular media on, on these kids who see ghosts. 
Yes, I was comparing it to the time in the 80s when I had completed my doctorate and was moving into a private therapy and was a consultant to the Mutual UFO Network up in New Hampshire. So I did interviews with individuals who feel they had been abducted, and I visited John Mack's group. But my point is there was a phase in that decade when the consciousness, I believe, was opened more deeply to uh, connection, connection with ETs in some way because people have memories. So in this decade, it's all about ghosts and spirits, ghost hunters and, and haunted houses and ghost whisperers and interventions, if you will, <laughs> with ghosts. So uh, I believe the media is leading the way, opening the consciousness, and we adapt to that. We take it in. We internalize it so that we'll see it, and it becomes part of our culture and part of our lives. So, you know, here they are, opening the doorway and paving the way. And, and what are the kids themselves saying about shows like Ghost Whisperer? I love their questions because their questions are great. It's like, can I be one? Do you know where I can go to school? Is this a vocation? School, yeah, yeah. You know, and is this a vocation? You know, can I do this when I grow up? There was one savvy teen who asked me if it was real or if it was just pure entertainment. And I said both. You know, it is real. And on TV, it's entertaining. So yeah. uh, if it's hitting at that level, then, then there are children out there thinking about uh, their futures. Surely. Now, I was interested also in the book that you in, you did include the uh, skeptics' view, uh, as well as the psychics' view on 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 the uh, kids who see ghosts. So, just tell me a little bit about including the skeptics' view. The reason that I included the skeptic view is because there are going to be certain people with particular temperaments who are high achievers and not particularly uh, affective or emotional, and they don't believe, they don't have a concept. So for those individuals, you know, I want to give them permission to not believe in ghosts. I want them to have permission to believe their children. And the skeptic has a good view. He says, you know, if your child comes into the room and screams, I see a ghost, don't jump up and say, oh, my goodness, you see a ghost, my poor baby, you know. Let's go check it out. He says, use some common sense. So he supports me in asking parents to believe kids, but he also takes a little more skeptical approach, which is slow down, check it out, jump to no conclusions. His point is, if you walk through a door that already has ghosts on it, like bathroom, you're, you're expecting to walk in and see a bathroom. So if you walk through that door, you're expecting to see it. You're expecting that it's already there. And maybe the kid was stressed. Maybe he had a nightmare. So, you know, it brings us back to some common-sense grounded discussions. And not getting overdramatic and, and building things up out of proportion, as it were. Yeah, good. That's his point. So um, one of the experts you interviewed, Phyllis Atwater, mentions that uh, children who have near-death experiences and kids who see ghosts are similar. Can you explain how that is? Yeah, I thought her work was fascinating because what she did was go through medical records and she found that children who see ghosts have larger temporal lobes than normal. So the temporal lobe on the side of the head doesn't really develop into full uh, length and breadth until around the age of six. And she feels that children who had near-death experiences had enhanced 
uh, temporal lobes, which are the psychic centers or part of the psychic centers of the brain. So that's how they're similar. These children who shouldn't have enlarged temporal lobes at all do. And because she was saying she feels their common experiences uh, create that adaptation in the brain. Uh, I don't have proof of it, but it's in her books, and I thought it was worth speaking because it gives a physiology or a biochemistry to this very topic we're speaking of. Absolutely, yeah. and there's some interesting work being done on that, I know, in terms of the chemicals produced when you are very close to death as a result of the final attempt to save the, the physical body, which takes you into that other realm. So it, mm-hmm. it's an interesting topic. Fascinating, yeah. Now, for me, probably the most important part of our discussion today is how we empower the kids who see ghosts or experience things outside this realm, how we empower the kids and how we help the parents to feel safe and confident that they are doing the right things with their kids. And so just let go. Just talk to us about how how we empower the kids and how do we help the parents. Well, the way that we empower the kids is to listen. Listen and ask questions. So what I'm saying to you, I think, is just an empowerment process for anybody. But why am I specifically pushing this for kids who see things that, you know, go bump in the night or are invisible in another realm to their parents? Because there are so many kids seeing it because we are expecting more and more uh, children to be able to have this gift. So if your child had a talent for the piano, you're going to get him classes and lessons. You're going to listen to him. You're going to praise him. You're going to treat it as a talent. So if you have children consistently uh, going through these these aspects, then it, consider that it might be a talent and not rush off to a psychiatrist or medication, um, that's one thing. That's, that's a level of attitude that I think is required if the parents are accepting of it. So let's say they're not. Uh, a child who's really frightened, you can't talk them out of their fear. If a gut-gripping fear wrenches their, their middle abdomen, they're going to be wrought, overwrought. So touch a deep breath, a hug, removal from the room, allow them to sleep in your bed, on the floor, on the couch, in the living room. So removal and calming, okay, those are absolutely primary. So when the kid has the opportunity then to talk about it, not to start bombarding them with cognitive questions. Uh, One parent said to me, I'm just going to talk to my kid. And it's like, no, you can't talk at your kid. You have to talk with your kid, and that's by listening, attentive listening. And then if the kids are younger, you know, therapists use play therapy, so parents can play with them. A little three-year-old girl didn't want her ghost to leave the room, even at mommy's insistence. So mommy got a shoebox. The little girl put her ghost in the shoebox, shoved it in her closet, and went to sleep. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Another dad went to the uh, costume store and bought a couple of pirate costumes, and he and his son went into the bathroom and, you know, took their swords and played a game and made the ghost go away. But now if that child wants the ghost, 
and the ghost is helpful and the spirit is offering suggestions, then there are other ways to do it. Uh, one little girl has ghosts in her room, and she loves them. She speaks with them. She calls them her angels. But she doesn't like them looking at her when she goes to take a shower at age 12. So we ask her to, uh, I ask her, what kind of wall can you imagine? What kind of energy wall can you put up? So she imagined that she painted rainbows all over the bathroom door, literally. And she said that kept them at their distance when she asked them not to pass that realm. There's another story in the book about Lucy, who parents were divorced, and a ghost, a little girl, a little older than Lucy, who died in a car wreck with her parents, came to talk with her. And the parents came to me, and we agreed because Lucy was... No, a little withdrawn, but not depressed. Grades weren't slipping. So mom took notes, and Lucy stayed about a year and a half speaking with that ghost. And when the time came, you know, the ghost left, and Lucy thanked her. So was it an imaginary friend? Was it a spirit? Do we know? Do we care? That was Lucy's way of doing play therapy if she was three. So sense of humor, sense of humor, helpless children, Peter, feel out of control of the situation. So we have to help them calm down and take charge of the situation again, whether it's real to the parent or not. And that's the main thing. How can we help them get back in control of their bedroom, their bed, humor, fun, play, drawing? That's what I use, and it works. And you mentioned earlier with young children they, that they lack boundaries. They're what is sort of the sea of all that is. So how do we help children create those safe boundaries for themselves? Uh, well, we're coming to the next break, so we'll return with that on, uh, after the break. This is Peter right. for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? 
We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to remind you of another website, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. Uh, where you can join our Ambassadors of Light program, where there is a coaching call every two weeks, a weekly reflection, and a whole bunch of goodies for you to look at. Uh, listen to my archived shows, um, also some meditations, and a wonderful 10-week uh, webinar series that I produced uh, a while ago. So please check out myheartcenterjourney.com. Having a fascinating discussion with Karen Good today, and just before the break, Karen, I was asking you about how we help kids to set appropriate boundaries for themselves in, in these challenging situations, or sometimes wonderful situations. Well, it's like the little girl who needed some sort of boundary. So energetically, we can tell children how to build them if they have that uh, imagination and, and the time just like they would build a physical wall. They can build energy walls around themselves. But rather than talk about protection, uh, I like to, to talk about it as their space and where spaces might leak into each other. So sometimes from their heart, they look where their energy strings go out and they might pull them back in. Another technique is that I ask children and teens to see their heart as a big bright sun, as bright as they can get it, turning the dial up to radiance, a luminosity, and to send those rays through their body and out the body so that their fear is replaced with a sense of peace, a sense of internal light. I also call upon the angels or relatives or guides that 
the children think they have. Sometimes for children, it's an animal, a pet. One of my favorite uh, angels is the Archangel Michael, who, who I've been connected with for well well over 20 years as I was wow. the principal at St. Michael's University School and you mentioned Archangel Michael in the book so what would you say about the Archangel Michael? Many people see him as a protector and I do know people who work directly with his energy who call upon him for help. Uh, one of the things I did for that spirit in the, in the truck accident was called upon angels to assist him. I don't know who came because I was gone after that, but I think it's a wonderful technique for children to help them have faith and have a partner on, on, on the other side, if you will, if there, are, if there is another side, to help them. Absolutely. Well, one, one question that, that is important to ask um, is the whole issue of um, children with mental health problems and how does that fit in with this realm that we're discussing today? I think it does fit in because there are children who may have bipolar issues, uh, mild psychosis, just like an adult. So we look for that. When I talk with parents, we go through a checklist of what the behavior looks like. We don't use labels. Tell me what the behavior is. Tell me what the child is experiencing. Tell me what the child says. I look for triggers. Sugar. One woman called me to find out why her kid was bouncing off the walls and seeing things, and I found out that he had eight Mountain Dews a day. Oh that God. means it has aspartame in it, and that affects the nervous system. So we go through a checklist of behaviors and foods and environmental triggers, and if we need to refer people, we do. There's a Dr. Athena Drews is listed in the book, and she does a great job of explaining the difference there between a psychosis and uh, psychic experiences. That's a really, really wonderful. You mentioned this practical down-to-earth, looking at simple solutions first for kids who, as you say, get saturated with all these uh, sugars and processed foods which really do not serve them in any way, shape, or form, and simply uh, cutting those out can make a profound difference to their, to their well-being and health. Exactly, and something as simple as taking deep breathing into the belly, abdominal breathing, often relieves a lot of stress and uh, the kind of stress that would cause children to see what I saw, you know, when I was laying in bed and saw spiders coming out of my closet. You know, that was high stress with health issues and not enough oxygen in my body. So there are some real simple things like that in the book and also in the book Raising Intuitive Children that can enhance children's calmness so that they can have an empowerment successful process in dealing with their subjective experiences which is a great uh, opportunity Karen to give you the opportunity to let uh, our listeners know how they can access your work and your books so just give us the necessary information on that thank you if you want to contact me my email is Karen C-A-R-O-N Thirty three zero at gmail.com. Uh, the websites are the names of the book. So Kids Who See Ghost is at kidswhoseeghost.com. And Raising Intuitive Children, which has a lot about the psychic factor gift, is at raisingintuitivechildren.com. I am the founder of the Academy for Coaching Parents, the whole point being to help parents and children come to harmony in their own homes 
and that's through a parent coach. And we do have training in opening intuition, working with intuitive intelligence, both in parents and in children. Fantastic. Now, I, I want to, we're coming up to the, the top of the hour. It's amazing how quickly uh, the show goes. It has but, gone fast. But I, I just wanted you to talk about one piece that you mentioned in the book about the evolution of consciousness uh, from automatic to institutional to exceptional thinking. Could you just go through that for us relatively quickly? Yeah, I can. That's the work of Dr. Robert Flower, who has worked with natural intelligences. And he says that a lot of us live on rote, okay? We get up, we brush our teeth, we go through our day, and that's kind of automatic thinking. And then there's a next level that he calls institutional thinking, which is if I'm, in, if I'm a teacher, if I'm in corporate America, if I work for an institution, I think like they do. And I have to. That's part of my job. An exceptional thinking, very quickly, Karen. But exceptional thinking is the answer to an open mind without judgment, moving beyond it all to have awareness in the present moment so you can be with your kid and be present for them. Karen, thank you so much. We're at the end of the show. It's gone incredibly quickly. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. It's been a pleasure. Have a good one. Thank you. And next week, it's Sam Adams. Thank you. Goodbye. It's Sam Adams from Omega Global telling us all about their tremendous products. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, wishing you a wonderful week. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.